We've been on a journey this, uh, this four weeks, and today is the end of the journey of this particular series. We'll be taking up shortly a new book. Uh, but before we go further, I want to reminisce a little bit of where we've been. So the first week, we talked about darkest days. How many had some days in life that were pretty dark? Huh? Yeah. I think all of us have a story in our life that the days where we've been difficult, they've been hard. They didn't go the way we want to. We had an expectation, and they didn't happen. And Mary Magdalene, a woman that followed Jesus Christ, well, she had her dark days. Her dark days is that she got the chance to be at the cross. She saw Jesus die and suffer and brutally uh, abused on the cross uh, and see him suffered. And so her best, her Lord, her Savior, she saw him die. And so now she's on the way to the tomb. She's deep, full of mourning and loss. And she gets there. And just when you think life couldn't get worse, the rock is rolled away and there's no one in the tomb and the, she thinks the body is stolen. Now she's really upset because not only were things bad, but now she thinks someone stole the body. And then all of a sudden, she meets Jesus face to face. So she goes from her darkest day to the brightest one. She goes from one moment of despair to finding out new information that changes everything. And that's exactly what happens sometimes in our life. When we go through a problem, we go through a situation, and it don't look too good, and yet all of a sudden we get the good news. Just a really quick moment. Uh, when we were going through school, uh, I might have shared this sometime back a long time ago, but when I was going through school, God really put us through 12 years of, of some tough times. And, um, and one day I was talking to the Lord, and I said, Lord, I have this massive problem with the hospital and um, because we had a lot of stuff take place and they're they're looking for this this bill to be paid and I'm like don't have it just don't don't even have a little bit of it and I'm saying God why how, you know and I'm saying Lord you said you and I'm and I'm just believing the Lord and I'm just complaining look at someone and say I don't complain okay just just look at you I'm just complaining and saying, Lord, you said you, I'm on this journey. I've left everything. I've sold everything. I've done what you asked me to do. And now, you know, and, and the journey wasn't easy. And I'm complaining. And look at your neighbor and say, you can play for two weeks. Go ahead. Just tell them. Say, you can play for two weeks. I can play for two weeks to the Lord because it went right down to the moment. And then I went to the mailbox. I opened the mailbox. Where I had a really, everything seemed to be dreary, dark days, pressure here, pressure here, red here, red here. And I said, God, I went to the mailbox, and there was an envelope. And in the envelope was the resolving of everything I needed. And the post date on it was two weeks prior. While I was complaining, someone say, I don't complain. Just tell your neighbor, I don't complain. But no, don't do that. Don't lie in church. While I was complaining, God already had it. On the way. God's ways are higher than our ways. Someone say amen. amen. Mary, in one moment, one moment, Mary was down, but then all of a sudden she heard her name, Mary. And then Roboni, Master. Everything changed. That was the darkest day. The second week is discouragement. Discouragement. How many know a man named Peter? He made a few mistakes along the way, didn't he? Yet he turned out to be an incredible follower of Jesus Christ. Peter's biggest mistake was when he denied the Lord three times. 
I mean, he literally say, I don't know the man. Not once, not twice, but three times. A lady. Oh, I'm sorry, that's a song. And so what happened so often is that he was really discouraged and down. But just prior to that, he was telling the Lord, Lord, I'll die for you. And Jesus says, Peter, before the rooster crows three times, before he crows, you're going to deny me three times. And just as the Lord said, that's exactly what happened. And so discouragement came upon Peter. But what happened? What happened when all of a sudden Jesus saw Peter? He tells him, he, he causes faith to rise back up in Peter's. Peter, you love me? And we talked about the two Greek words, phileo and agape there. And Jesus was saying, Peter, do you agape me? And Peter would always answer back, yeah, Lord, I phileo you. I love you like a brother. And God says, no, do you love me sacrificially? Do you love me unconditionally, Peter? And even though Peter never changed in his communication, Jesus restored him and gave him confidence. And listen, Jesus never rebuked Peter for denying him. He built them up, not tear them down. We could do a lot with building people up versus tear them down. Someone amen. So we learned about how it is to have a discouraging moment, but in the midst of it, God wants to pick us up, even in our fault, even in our failures with God. God wants to pick you up. Someone say, pick you up. How many want to be picked up? And then in week three, last week, where we have this wonderful puzzle here when we talk about, when we talk about hope in the midst of devastating lost. Here is Mary and Martha. They have their brother named Lazarus, and they call Jesus, Jesus, my brother's sick. Can you come? And they call Jesus, but Jesus doesn't come. And when he does come, he's four days late. And Mary and Martha are really mourning, and they are really devastated by the loss of, of her, their brother. And yet, and yet, and yet, they get to understand that Jesus sees the big picture. And each one of you had a piece of this puzzle last week. And I told you to look at that piece of the puzzle. Because when you look at the piece of the puzzle, sometimes it doesn't look like much. And you can see it, but you don't know what it really goes to. You don't know what the whole picture is. And sometimes in life, you get a one piece of puzzle, God gives you a piece at a time, but all those pieces are coming together with other pieces. And so you have to understand Jesus has a bigger picture. Come on, tell your neighbor, Jesus has a bigger picture. He knows his timing's not your timing. Jesus is not afraid of your feelings when you're upset. God's okay with you. God's up okay. He knows when we're upset. If you just read your Bibles, you can see some of the things that took place with some of his followers. But then you get the chance to see that your God brings good things to life. Your God brings things that are dead back to life again. It can be in a business. It can be in your heart. It can be in your relationship. It can be in your marriage. It can be in anything. Because when God is involved and placed at the right place, that's when God does his best work. And so we're going to be talking a little bit more about this puzzle this morning I want you to understand something that in the darkness of your day, God will give you the light and the discouragement that comes your way. God will help you to build your faith. He's with you in the midst of devastating loss. He does not leave you in that time. He will help you in that time. And in the midst of your pressure and your pain, he will bring your peace that you so need. This is the relationship with God. God wants to do it with you. But here's the problem. There's a lot of people who don't want to work with God. They want God's benefit. 
They want God to do things for them, but they do not want to meet God where God needs to be met. And that needs to be in obedience, and that needs to be in heart. Someone say heart. The heart of the matter is the matter of the heart. God's always after our heart. When our heart is not lined up to God, nothing else in our life will line up. It's important. Because I've been in ministry now, um, I think it's going on 37, 38 years. I actually going to be, they're going to give me a, can I just tell you this? I'm going to tell you something. I hate plaques. I hate plaques. Don't give pastor a plaque. I don't like them. I'm going to be recognized pretty soon, and I know they're going to give me a plaque. And I really wish I want to tell them later, like, listen, guys, you've got to do something than plaques. I don't know no pastor in the world who likes plaques. Does anybody like plaques out there? If you do, God bless you. <laughs> different strokes for different folks. I don't like plaques. I, I just, I rather, I don't know. But I'm going to be getting a plaque pretty soon, and I've been in ministry for a little while, and they're going to recognize that. Um, and district council. And I, I was thinking about this whole thing, but because I've been in ministry for, you know, 37, 38 years, I, I, I have been at many bedsides. And I've, gone through, I've been there with many people and stuff. And you learn a lot. You learn a lot. And I think you and I can learn from every situation we go through. And this is where we're going to go today because what we've learned is that when people have a diagnosis and they only have so much time to live, they focus life on the important things. And they don't focus upon, um, you know, the different places maybe they want to go. Uh, they don't really focus on the things they want to buy that they never had before. They start to say, what's really important to me? Because I only have so much time left and the time I have, I want to make it fruitful and beneficial for. And so what they do is they think about, I like to have more time with people I love. People, I like to have more time with my family. I was with someone, uh, a multi-multi-millionaire at a bedside that he was about to die that had no family at all. Came into the room. They were, I worked as a, um, a chaplain in a, a trauma center, and, and I had to go to different places to do different things. And so I went to the room. He had no courage, no nothing. Got a chance to talk to this man, total... Didn't know him at all until I walked in the room. Kind of find out he was a very wealthy man but has lost everything because his business, he was married to his business, then his family. And all the regret that he had, but in the midst of his regret, he got the chance to accept Jesus Christ as his Lord and personal Savior in a moment where he was at his lowest, where he got some H-O-P-E because he could hold onto promises Every day, God's promises, and God wants to do that. And so because I've been in the ministry, I've got a chance to be there with people, and I got to see and got to listen how what's really important, and family's important, and, and restoring broken relationships. I can't tell you how many times I do a funeral, and there's broken family relationships within the situation and the tension that's there, and I tell them all the time, life is a gift. Yesterday, tomorrow may be a mystery. Today, yesterday is history, but today is, is a promise that you live in the present. You've got to unwrap it. Someone say unwrap it. God gives you a gift every single day. Make it productive. Make it useful. Make sure God's at the center. Someone say amen. amen. And so when you look at people at the end days, they, they want to focus. They want to keep focus on what's important to them. So they really think about what they're saying and, and who they're saying it to and what they can restore 
they, they think about spending more time helping people and, and making a difference because they don't have much time. And that leads us to what I want to talk about today because Jesus is at this point where he's about to go to the cross. Uh, Jesus is with his followers. And I want you to get something that's important is that Jesus is celebrating the Passover. There's people from all around coming to Passover because they're celebrating the deliverance from Egypt when they were under slavery. I want you to understand something. Jesus now has spent some time with his disciples. He has given an example of how he wants them to behave, how he wants them to live. And I want you to listen to a prayer in the Bibles, there are disciples' prayers, and there are uh, individuals who pray. But you ever really stop to listen how Jesus prayed? Because Jesus prayed, these are the last, near the last words. Of course, there's, there's nearing the end here, but near, the last words, nearing the last words of Jesus, and he prays. What would Jesus pray nearing the end of his life? We're going to look at that this morning. Because God's prayer was that his children would walk in unity. Look at your neighbor and say unity. Now, I want you to do this. Look at someone and say, you're so different than me, but we can walk in unity. <laughs> because it's the truth. It's amazing how birth of the feather flock together. But I have learned more people from, who are different from me, and I learned to learn something from them because they see things different. Most people just want to, you know, hang around those that are like them. Well, yeah, okay, I get that part. But, you know, you get to learn so much. And Jesus is about to pray. And I want to take you on a journey of, and to learn something from Jesus' prayer. Because Jesus is praying. What would he pray for you and for me? Let's look at this this morning. Let's look at the God who unites us. In John 17 is a very powerful portion of Scripture. Matter of fact, I actually had 100 pages, and I, I, got it, I brought it down to 99. And, uh, and, but let me tell you, it was really tough for me to narrow this down because there's so much good stuff in chapter 17. I want to recommend and encourage you, before you go to bed today, read John 17. Listen to the heart of God for you and for us. My prayer, Jesus starts off and says, my prayer is not that... For them alone, I pray also for those who will believe in me through their message, that all the men may be one, that all of them may be one. Father, just as you are in me and I in you, may they also be in us so that, so that the world may believe that you have sent me. Jesus is praying to the Father. And he's praying for the disciples, and he's praying for you and I even. He's praying for the future, for those who will hear the message of the gospel and respond and become his child. You see, if you don't know, you have to understand this. When sin came into the world, it separated you and I from God. And in Genesis 3.15 is the first scripture that tells of the propheticness of Christ coming into the world and how it would happen, where Christ would be bruised, have bruised heels, but he would crush Satan's head. 
And that's what happened. He, Jesus on the cross crushed the authority of Satan's rule and dominion, and the devil bruised the heels of Jesus because that's exactly what happens on, the, on crucifixion. Because you have to pull up to exhaust yourself the air, the heels became, get bruised. It's the first scripture to show of redemption that God had for the people to bring us back to God. Someone say back to God. That's why it's so important for us to understand the New Testament of what the New Testament is teaching. Then you'll understand the Old Testament because in the New Testament it's revealed. In the Old Testament it's concealed. But when you read the New Testament, you truly understand the Old Testament and the purpose and the process God has for you. Someone say God has a plan. God has a plan for you and I. And now he's praying and he's praying for unity. And I want you to listen to the instructions God gives in his living word. I, I, I wanted to, because the same heart that Jesus is praying that we would be one just as he and the Father are one, listen to the same scripture that you'll find in the book of Colossians. It says this, Therefore, as God's chosen people, holy and dearly loved, close yourself with compassion, kindness, Humility, gentleness, patience. Bear with each other and forgive whatever grievance you may have against one another. Forgive as the Lord forgave you. And over all these virtues, put on love, which binds them all together in perfect unity. This is powerful. Do you want to be unified with the Lord? Do you want to be unified with your family members? Do you want to be unified in his church? It's very simple. It's a choice of the attitude. Unity is determined by the acts of the heart, obedience to the Lord. Ask yourself a question. It says, close yourself. If I was preaching this message fully on just this one portion of Scripture, I would put on a garment to clothe myself. It's something you have to do. This is not going to come natural to you. You have to truly choose it. Kindness is an act of choice. Someone say amen. amen. You're walking into the store, and you see someone behind you, and they're about 25 feet away from you, and you're going through a door. You have a choice to stop and hold the door for them or to say, hey, they're 25 feet away. They can open it themselves. True? I have waited longer than that for people, and they look at me like, wow, thank you. And I'm like, not a problem. Why do you do that? Because it's intentional to be kind because Christ was kind to you. Freely you have received, freely you. Freely you have received, freely you. This is what God wants us to be. He wants us to be a reflection of who he is. So when it says, to be compassionate, to close yourself with compassion, kindness, humility, gentleness, patience. Ask yourself a question. Are you compassionate? Are you kind? Do you have humility? You know, um, I meet a lot of people. <laughs> and um, I sometimes will tell certain people in certain levels of office or whatever, and sometimes they're a little bit more than uh, confident. They're just convinced. And... Um, Sometimes I might say to them in a very nice way, I say, you know what you could really use? And they're right there. What can I use? A little dose of humility. It could go a long, long way. Because I've seen people of great power fall to no power at all. 
You may sit in the seat, you may sit in the seat for a duration of a time, but there's going to be a time someone else will sit in your seat. So be careful on how we live. Let us live like God has asked us to live with humility of heart, mind, and soul. Gentleness. Are you gentle? Are you patient? Do you bear with each other? Some of you may be a bear. But <laughs> no, that's just because he has a lot of hair. No. See, we, 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 bearing with each other means being kind and understanding sometimes and not being so quick to lash out. Just to understand everybody's at a different level. Grace and mercy is, is a need that we all need to receive. Someone say amen. amen. But we want the grace and the mercy of God. But I'm going to ask you a question. How often do you think that you need it too? So how you treat people is so important. So I want you to understand he's asking that we would be one so that the world may see something different. And, I, and that's my hot deal. I am not out to impress no one. I am only out to live for someone. I live for the audience of one, and that one is my Savior, the one who died for me and loves me and has really bought this boy back so many times from the dead. And he's done the same thing for you and I. That's why we put our hands to the plow and we don't listen to all of the static and those things. We have a voice and we have ears for the one who loves us most. And one day, one day, we should behold him face to face. Some would say, praise the Lord. There's a couple times in scriptures, if you read scriptures, you'll notice that the disciples went in dispute. How many can have read the scriptures and you saw the disciples were having some issues? One of them was, who was going to be the greatest in the kingdom of God? Anybody remember reading that? Because sometimes everybody wants to be, you know, the big cheese. Sometimes I'd rather be the little cheese and to let them take all the big stuff. <laughs> it's so much easier sometimes. In Luke chapter 22, we have this as a dispute among the disciples, and that's it. Who is going to be the greatest? Peter, it's me. John, I think it's me. You know, and the list can go on. And Jesus settled it pretty quickly. Not only did he wash the disciples' feet to show that not he was Lord and Savior, yet he also came to serve and wash the feet of the disciples. And yes, he washed Judas's feet as well. That's humility. So Jesus said to them, but the one who is greatest among you must become like the youngest, the leader to be like a servant. And Jesus wants us who lead, if you're going to lead, learn to serve. Understand it's not about position. It's about walking in oneness with God. And if what the example of Jesus Christ and the example he gave to you and I, we must emulate that because we are just followers. We are just followers of our God, our Lord Jesus Christ. Why do we follow? Because he first loved us. Therefore, we love him. Love does. Look at your neighbor and say, love does. Jesus is praying for his followers that his followers would live a life that others would see something different in them. Look at this portion of scripture here that we find in John 13. Jesus gives us instructions how to walk in unity. 
He says, a new commandment I give you, that you love one another, either if I have loved you, that you also love one another. By this, all men will know that you are my disciples. How is that, Lord? If you have love for one another. The way you treat people is a representation on your love for God. If God so loved you when you were a mess, if God so loved you when you were messed up, if God so loved you full of faults and failures, then, oh my, how must we be patient and kind to be in oneness with God because he's so praying that you walk in oneness as a father and son and the Holy Spirit are one. We have to walk with one another. But if you say, I love you, I just don't like you. Sometimes in life, that might be okay. <laughs> but you know what I'm going with. You see, Jesus is talking about his disciples and he really wants us to love one another for who we are, and watch this now, and where we're at. Everybody's at a different point sometimes. Our responsibility is to help them to get to the next point so that one day they help other people get to the next point. Each one of us, God says, I'm doing a work in you, but I'm asking you to understand the work I'm doing in you so that you, you, you can help me do a work in others. Because others are not going to understand if you don't share your message and your heart of what God has done in your heart and life. They need to see your heart of love. They need to see that you're really doing it because of his love is in you. It just overflows. How many are a sponge? You want to be a sponge full of water. And it just, you ever notice a, a sponge can only soak up so much water and then it makes a mess? I pray that God rises up some Christians just to make a mess. Your love spills all over the place. It's contagious. Mm. Let's look at this portion of scripture. Because you've got to choose to fight for unity. It ain't going to just happen. You know, people just, it's a choice. I have given them the glory that you gave me, that they may be one as we are one. This is Jesus talking to the Father. I in them and you in me. May they be brought to complete unity to let the world know that you sent me and have loved them even as I have loved them. Did you get the picture that how God loved you while we were yet sinners, Christ Jesus died on the cross, Romans 5, 8? I love that person when. I love that person if. Is that what the scripture says? I, 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 I'll, I'll do something nice for that person when they apologize to me. Then I'll do something. Oh, I'm not going to do nothing because. Hmm? Has anybody ever had that little I want you to know we live in a world today. We live in a world today that's politically different, socially different, culturally different, generational difference, biblical difference, and you can go, I could go on and on and on with a difference. And today it's not even making sense anymore, which lines up to exactly what the scripture says. So we should not be shocked. However, can I just remind you of something? Just because people don't understand something doesn't mean they don't need the truth. You see, sometimes what we do sometimes is we rather avoid uh, the tough topics. We don't want to talk about it. Or we don't want to go somewhere that's difficult. But love goes to places where safety doesn't. 
And sometimes you just got to know who you are in Jesus and share the gospel because he's asked you to make a difference for such a time as this. Has he not called you salt? Has he not called you light? What does salt do? It preserves. It protects. What does light do? It illuminates. It lights up a path in which you can find safety for your feet. You see, that's what we are in a world that's darkened. But the light of God still shines. You see, if we had 100 pianos, and let's take 100 pianos, and let's just all different type of pianos fill this room up, and we tuned them to the same tuning fork. Now, the tuning fork is an A tuning fork, and it goes to 440 hertz. And let's suppose that we tuned every piano with that same tuning fork. Do you know, no matter how different the pianos were, because they were all tuned with the same tuning fork, they would all be in tune. Yet they would all be different. And that's exactly what Jesus Christ does for us. We may look different, but we're all together. This puzzle is made up of many pieces. Last week, each piece represented an event. There's a vessel there. That whale is a vessel. But in that vessel, that whale has many pieces. And those are the events in your life. And if you haven't yet watched the other messages, I want to encourage you to do so. I really think it can change people's hearts and lives because God is always working to put the pieces together even though you don't always enjoy the peace. Today I want you to look at this puzzle and notice that there's different colors to each piece. There's different shape to each piece. And yet, and yet, unity, there's a unity within this. Even though there are different shapes, they all come together. This piece right here can't go to any other puzzle. It only is meant to go to this puzzle. And when we are in God, when Christ is our center, it's just like being tuned. We're all different shape. We're all different sizes. We can all be different colors. We all have different likes and dislikes. Some likes adventure. Other people like a good book. How many of you like a good adventure? Raise your hand. Yeah, yeah, yeah. How many like a good book? Raise your hand. Yeah, I'm, I'm on both sides of the fence. <laughs> But we're all different, and yet, and yet, there's a unity because when we connect ourselves to God, and God has a place for us to fit right in, in his plan, in his purpose. For God so loved the world that he gave his only begotten son, and whoever would believe in him shall not perish but have everlasting life. Someone say, God has a plan. And the plan is to walk in unity of God just as the Father and the Son and the Holy Spirit are working and serving together. God wants us to be connected to him so that we can walk with him. It's a beautiful thing that God wants to do. Look at Ephesians chapter 4. Oh, that's my picture. Yeah. That's what we are. We're all our pieces in place. One day, when all our pieces in place, God will give the story. Ephesians 4, as a prisoner of the Lord, then I urge you to live a life worthy of the calling you have received. Be completely humble 
Have we heard this before? And gentle, be patient, bearing with one another in love, making every effort to keep the unity of the Spirit through the bond of peace. There is one body, one Spirit, just as we were called to one hope when we were called. I want you to get something here. This is important for all of us to understand. Make every effort to keep the unity of the Spirit. <coughs> you got to make an effort. You're going to make an effort to walk in unity with God and with one another. You know, the best relationships, does anybody here have a friend more than 25 years old? Okay, good. Does anybody here, excuse me, does anybody have here, you have a friend more than 30 years? Okay, great. Well, this is great. Does anybody have a, not even 30 years old, uh, anybody have a friend here more than 40 years old? You're still in touch with them, you're still, <laughs> you're looking very good for your age. How about 45 years? You have a friend for 45 years. <coughs> Boy, it's always dating you too, you know. How many of you have a friend right now still close for 50 years? Wow, I'm gonna go, I'm gonna stop right there. Wow, 50 years. Now listen, let me ask you a question. In having that good friendship, did you ever have problems in that relationship? Raise your hand if you had problems in that relationship at one time. <laughs> yeah, there they all go. Yeah, yeah. What makes a strong relationship? You wanna hear it? Problems. What, Pastor? Yeah, problems. Here's the problem, though, to the problem. When you don't work out the relationship, that's your problem. Your problem is never your problem. Your problem is the way you react or respond to your problem that becomes your problem. You write that one down. You see, but that's what it is. You see, relationships get stronger when we go through the hardships together. Not isolated, not insulated, but when we go through the problems together, when they're worked out, but when, I'm not going to touch it. No, nope, not going to touch it. Don't talk to me. That is where problems begun. When one don't want to deal with the issue, Jesus is saying, you want unity? Then you're going to have to be intentional. You're going to have to be intentional. Make every effort to keep the unity of the Spirit through the bond of peace. That means you're going to have to make an effort. Somebody in the relationship has to make the effort. And then if you're the one making the effort, the other person has to respond to the effort. You see how that works? It's called reciprocating in relationship. And it has to reciprocate in order for strength. So you have 50 years of a relationship. It happened, but it wasn't all peaceful relationship. It's struggle. It's ups and downs. And I want you to understand something. Walking in unity is a choice. To be humble, completely humble, it says. Completely gentle. Be patient. Bearing with one another. It's the same list once again. Let's look at this. God's plan is for us to be forever together. And this is the, what God, that's why Jesus Christ came. This is not it. Look at your neighbor and tell him that. This is not it. You know what I always say, right? The best is yet. Oh, yeah, you haven't seen nothing yet. Mm, that's something I could love to preach on. Mm, mm, mm. Look what it says. Father, I want those who have given, you have given to me to be where I am and to see my glory. The glory you have given me because you love me before the creation of the world. Righteous Father, though the world does not know you, I know you. And they know you 
that you have sent me. I have made you known to them and will continue to make you known in order that the love you have for me may be in them and that I myself may be in them. This is the whole thing that God is so concerned about is that you and I being different from different places. Remember, all of the disciples were fully from Galilee. And before you know it, in the book of Acts, you're having the church grow from people from all over the place now. So the disciples are now being really diversified. And in that diversification, it sometimes is a real change that takes place. But the common denominator is Jesus Christ. When you go to a different country that has a different language, I mean, you have to realize that when you meet different people for the very first time, it's amazing how we click once we are on the same page. You know, when we, when we took the trip to India, uh, it's amazing. We met all different people. We went to a leper colony, and um, as soon as we were there, it, it was the most beautiful. It was beautiful. These people just loved us. Why did they love us? They loved us because we have a commonality that Jesus Christ... They couldn't wait to show us their church building. They were so excited. So I was so excited for them. And when I come to their church building, it was a, probably a, a 12 by 15 brick and two chairs. Two chairs. How many of you would come to church and we had no chairs, you had to sit down? I know what you're saying to me. Oh, I'll do it, Pastor, but you're going to have to get me up. <laughs> I'm telling you, it's just... What made the common denominator? We went from place to place with meeting new people, but the common denominator, what we had together, though we were different, is Jesus Christ being unified in that aspect. That is the beauty. There are so many people just are picking people apart just because there's a difference. Listen, listen to me. Everybody, how many people like red? Raise your hand. You like red. Okay, we don't have a lot of red people in there. You got to vote. You can't do like this. Pick something. You like red, yes or no? All right. All right. Watch this now. How many blues? Yeah, I do it. Yeah. How many greens? Uh-huh, uh-huh. How many orange? Oh, two. And Steve back there. Yeah. Everybody's likes different, you know? And that's okay. It's not majors. Don't focus on minors. Focus on the major. Someone say Jesus Christ. Oh, my. He has to be the major. He has to be the one that makes your boat float. He has to be the one that caused your little ticket a tick. He has to be the one that you get up in the morning to say, God, what are we going to do today? we got to be the reason, a greater reason of relationship with God. Then we start to live our day and have a smile and know that God's with us because he's in us. And because he's in us, he walks through us. That's what God wants. He wants to be in him. God, what do you want to do? All we are are agents for God. Agents for God. That's all we are. But we have to want to be led by God. Amen? God loves you. He wants his children to be with him. I love this portion of scripture. I did this for you, Geneva. I know you love this scripture. John 14 says this. Do not let your hearts be troubled. Trust in God, trust also in me. In my Father's house are many mansions. If it was not so, I would go and I would tell you. I'm going there to prepare a place for you. That if I go to prepare a place for you, I will come back and take you with me. 
that you'll always be where I am. Man! Someone say, God has a plan. He's building it for you. That's the whole process. This is not our home, but I'll tell you, some people try to, they want to put their, they don't, I shall not be moved. There's, I look at it, I love nature. I love to be outside. I'm happiest when on a boat, fish on the line, and the grill is cooking some hamburgers. <laughs> but that being said, nothing's going to compare. Nothing's going to compare that one day when we see Jesus Christ face to face. The eye has not seen, the ear has not heard, nor has it entered in the heart of man the things that God has for those that love him. I'm going to tell you right now, God has a greater plan. But the only way we get to know the plan, <laughs> we got to know the Lord who's given the plan. God is always working, and he's building a place. It doesn't end here. It begins here. Let me close by reading you a portion of Scripture that I think is pretty powerful, found in the book of John, chapter 15. It says this, As the Father has loved me, so I have loved you. Now remain in my love. If you obey my commandments... You will remain in my love, just as I have obeyed my Father's commands and remained in his love. I have told you this so that my joy may be in you and that your joy may be complete. Someone say complete. God wants to continue to do a work on a daily basis. Verse 12. My command is this. Love each other as I have loved you. Greater love has no one than this, than he lay down his life for his friends. And you are my friends if you do what I command. I no longer call you servants because a servant does not know his master's business. Instead, I have called you friends. For everything that I have learned from my father, I have made known unto you. Wow. You see the difference? I tell people all the time that Jesus Christ is my best friend. And some people kind of like, that dude's, that dude's different. But if they knew the scripture, they would understand that Jesus is calling us friends. It's a family if we do what he's asked. Why is that? Because it's relationship. You know, think of it this way. If you have a friend who is always doing things that you ask him not to do, do you call them a friend? Not really. But a friend who actually has your benefit in hand, a friend who cares about what happens to you, or a friend that really is trying to help you, or when you're down, pick you up. Now, would you consider them a friend? Absolutely. Think of it this way. God wants us to be his friend. He wants to be our friend, but he wants us to go out and be friendly to show his love and his mercy to others. Amen? I want you to just understand that unity is not something that just happens. What causes unity within our hearts, within a body, within a church, with anything? It happens because people are connected to something that unifies them. 
The greatest unifier is Jesus Christ. But so many people want to live life without Jesus being the center of their heart, the center of their life, and they fall short of all what God wants to do, all the fullness. And not only that, but also they never get to see what God can do through them and how they can make a greater difference. It's a sad thing that we get to the end of our life having regret of what we could have done even greater. I don't want to get to my end and say, God, I should have done more or I should have been more. Every day I get up, I say, God, help me to do more and be more so that we can see more of your glory take place. An anticipation, an expectation of heart, mind, and soul. Can you stand to your feet? One of the greatest things in the world is for you and I to understand that we need to be in unity with Jesus Christ. And it all starts, it all starts when a person accepts Jesus Christ as Savior. You're online. I want to talk to you if Jesus is not your Savior. This is the best thing that you can ever do is to admit you've messed up. We've all messed up. The Bible said all have sinned and fallen short of the glory of God. Everybody say amen. Yeah, we've all messed up. But God, so forth, loved you so much, loved you so much that he gave forth his son. And if Jesus Christ is not your savior of your heart and your life, all it takes is a simple prayer to say, God, come into my heart, come into my life, help me, strengthen me, teach me. I believe you died on the cross for me, and on the third day you rose again. And I want you as my Savior. If you're here today and you want to make that prayer, raise your hand right where you are. And God wants to touch you, help you, do a work in you. If you're online, get in contact with us so that we can help you grow in that relationship that God so wants with you. Remember, the Bible is the basic instructions before leaving earth. You not only have to read it, but you have to know the author who wrote it. Father, I just ask right now that you would just move by your spirit upon each one, upon those that need you. Father, I ask right now, as altars are open for prayer, for strength, I pray that you, God, would touch each person. We ask this in Jesus' name. Amen. Amen. Can you give them some praise? Well, we thank you for joining us today. Let's continue to believe that God is going to do a work in all of our lives and in his church despite our current circumstances. If you would like to support the ministry of Salem First Assembly, you can do so by mailing to 430 Route 45, Salem, New Jersey, 08079, or by visiting our website at salemfirstag.org. Please join us for service next Sunday at 1030 a.m., or you can watch service every Sunday afternoon on Facebook at Salem First Assembly or YouTube at Salem First AG. You can also listen to the message every Tuesday on Podbean, Have a blessed rest of your day. Let's remember to be a blessing and that life is living in faith every day.